I want to ask you to help us expand, protect, bring energy into this mandala. So if you can go to the website, the donate page, and help us, if you can, if you can. And if you would like to see these teachings continue. Downsizing, a word we hear quite often, downsizing, different ways, outflows, outflows. So again, I've been through this many times, and it's my way of talking about it. There are other teachers may talk about this differently, may not even mention this. I don't know. But what happens is we're moving along, just a simple version of it. We're going along and we're doing this, doing that. in our daily life and something triggers us in some way. And then we may have something that wasn't there three minutes before. Then there's this intense emotion over we've been mistreated or something has happened that is causing whatever kind of emotional reaction this happens. And that's uh, totally appropriate. That happens. That's called dependent origination. It's just that you, me, we personalize it. We think there's somebody actually, somebody there is actually, that's, that's your feeling. That's your feeling. That is not your feeling. A feeling arises, feeling arises. If it finds somebody, then we have more turbulence. Then we begin to, out of our personal desire to not want this, but want that, Second Noble Truth of the Buddha, wanting things to be different than they are. Does it sound like I'm scolding you? Maybe you need it. So the outflow part happens, Not it's not what arises, it's not the emotion. The emotion is just feeling. What is there? Cont in the, the 12 links, there's contact, and then there's feeling. Just like there's contact, and there's hearing. But we differentiate and divide things up in such a way to take ownership or push something away that doesn't belong to us. We do something with it. We go to war with just the natural, the fundamental nature of things. We take issue, go to war, not getting our way. So whatever arises, as you've heard me say a few times, whatever arises need to, needs to be there. Quite often we don't see what arises uh, in its totality because we add on to it. I don't want that. That shouldn't be there. They shouldn't have done that to me. Outflow, outflow. We, uh, we don't receive our life. We don't live our life as it is presented to us through the Six sense fields as a living being and as a temporary location of consciousness, very temporary, impermanent. So the idea, simply put, whatever arose, arises in the mind stream, positive and negative, neutral, don't do anything with it. Just experience it, smell it, taste it, touch it, think it. Feel it. 
Just that, just that, just very simple, very direct. Without reacting to that and going in another direction, trying to get rid of it, causing more commotion than originally arose in what is just dependently arisen. It's very impersonal. But it's looking for, if it can get some way to find a self and to perpetuate the whole thing, then it's probably going to happen. This is what's happening to the world all over. All the wars, all the political adventures, misadventures, across the kitchen table, <laughs> the child saying this or saying that because of dependent origination. I mean, after all, they're about eight years old. And then what comes across the table is a backhand. Maybe you've not experienced that in your life. Good for you. Or maybe bad for you. You can't track it down and find right or wrong anywhere. That's what we do when we get confused. We immediately go to should or should that be or should I or should that. We, we find anything that's circular and start running around on it like a broken turntable. Pushing it, trying to make it go, make it go, because it looks like a straight line, but it's not. It's called samsara. It's called the phases of the moon. It's called, it's called, it's called. So the downsizing of outflows seems to be, seems to have a possibility of occurring when you are completely, totally 100 and 200, 300% responsible, not, not to blame. It's a misunderstanding. Responsible for your emotions. Whatever arises in your mind stream has, it, it, it has a right to be there. It doesn't work that way to say right because it sounds like there's something that, that is, some person has a right or something has a right or that some, there's cause and effect works in some kind of way where you get your comeuppance or something. It's not that. It's just, it's very, this happens and that happens. This happens and then that happens. But then we go in and we personalize and tag it and write down and make comments on it. Commentary, commentary, elaboration. Something happens, we elaborate on it. Who did it? Why they did it? Why they shouldn't have done it? What I could have done? What I shouldn't have done? What I should have done? And what I'm going to do next time? Making plans to go to war with natural hierarchy. <laughs> Don't meddle. Starting with your own mind. Stop meddling with your mind and just observe it. Because we've been meddling and fussing with our feelings and emotions forever. And we talk to other people and how they fuss with theirs. Well, what would you do? How do you think? This is what happened. What do you think about what I'm thinking about? What they were thinking about what I was thinking or what I was going to do? What is it? what? It's just a circular. It gives the illusion of we're doing something. We're getting somewhere. We're, well, at least we are doing something about it. That's a common thing to be said. Well, at least I'm, well, at least. So downsizing outflows. Something happens, and then maybe we just receive it. Maybe we just feel that and do nothing with it, and it tends to taper off. It goes away. If you don't do anything with it, it, it gets its persistence or its uh, insistence or its longevity from being pushed or pulled or closed off because it is 
has its own energy, has a certain motion. Don't join it. Don't reject it. Don't ignore it. It's called space. It will not feel comfortable as long as the ego mind, the self-centered mind, that aspect of your consciousness is rolled up into a ball and around the corner, waiting for an opportunity to, to get some kind of promotion or some kind of validation. There isn't anyone. That jealousy, that greed, that wanting something else is so-called is buried there. And it will, it will look out for anything to blame rather than see that this is your responsibility to have this emotion. So when you have it, what's the word? Uh, this isn't word. Here, I'll help you with it. Woman up. Make sense? Might have to do a little bit of converting there. But be a, be a, a, be a being, be a living being, please. With your consciousness, this incredible, what do you want to call it, a gift that you've been given. Be this. Don't try to be something else or something better or prevent something worse. <clears throat> Actually, be dependent origination. You may be surprised at the personhood that was there. You might think that might go away. But no, since it's been seen to be unreal, then it is in the service of the Dharma. There may be a lot of anger, but there's no one who's angry. There may be a great deal of celebration and love and compassion, but there's no one doing that. It doesn't belong to anyone. Never has. Some people are worried about how to be compassionate. I would say first you might might want to look at your greediness, even for being compassionate. I want to be so compassionate. Might get pretty smelly around there looking at your own manure. So when that comes up, that emotion, whatever whatever emotion, the the first immediate feeling that comes up that's possibly triggered by something. Don't abandon it for who did it. Don't even if you can. Don't abandon it for anything. Just feel that. Just just receive. Just receive contact, feeling. Possibly even the desire to get rid of that might show up, but that's still with the feeling. You haven't left the feeling yet. You haven't left the feeling yet, and you also haven't left the desire for grasping for reaching out or for pointing. You're actually responsible for the primary emotion, which is dependently arisen, paratantra. And you don't add a bunch of chemicals to it, sauce, spices, condiments, onto that original serving of reality of your life, your karma. It's yours, not as an individual, but as a, a dimension of consciousness that is showing up inside a human form temporarily. This is not going to last. This is going away. That which shows up as consciousness, this operates in your bloodstream, in your digestive tract, in your eyes, in your nose, tongue, body, mind, all of this, all of that is just consciousness. It just is able to do so many things. It always finds its own form. And it's not looking for anything. No more search.
When we come to the spiritual path, what is our relationship or responsibility to the relative world? Well, it's going to be some, but it's situational. So it's, it would be different with each person. Someone who stumbles into um, this situation would, would be very individual. Some people, I might never see you face to face. You might stay on Zoom for the next 20 years. Unlikely that you'll see me, but you're seeing something. It's just a different technology. You can stay in uh, Arkansas or wherever you're at and still study the Dharma. So another person comes in, as you know, and uh, lives here and becomes a monk. So that's more, I'm not sure what you're looking for. She's buying it's sometimes struggle with the inertia of the relative world that a, a situation arising and the impulse to correct it or to participate in such a way that validates the relativity. And I'm just wondering that we'll an come, example. Um, if since you and I have a disagreement, which never happens. <laughs> Is that you're talking about your wife? Yeah. She's also a monk, isn't she? She is. And you disagree with her? Foolishly. <laughs> Don't give me that. What's your question? I want to know that the impulse to relatively engage in that in a way that it's about the resolution or the right and the wrong becomes more intense than the interest in, in receiving or observing. And I'm wondering about how do we work with that on the spiritual path? What is our responsibility as far as being on the bodhisattva path when those situations inevitably continue to arise? And so uh, it's going to be slightly different with everyone, even if uh, with every monk for that matter, or every practitioner uh, with, who's with another practitioner where it's a uh, fairly, um, maybe not quite as uh, difficult as doing it with, uh, your next door neighbor or something like that, more distant, but just as much as you can receive because the original, when you're sitting on the cushion, you are training your mind to just receive whatever rises. And if, if you tend to add on to it, which is the outflow part of it, then just receive that immediately convert everything into uh, a gift for you. It's a, it's a complete donation to you from, from the world. The world is donating to you. Sure, there's no personhood there. Just like, and, but it may show up in the form of uh, sensu. It can show up in the form of the next door neighbor. It can show up in the form of your congressman. But receive it, receive it. And then if anything needs to be done because of the purity of the reception, in other words, there's no outflow covering it. You just have received it. And so nothing may occur. Even the, the feeling of, should I? If you say, should I? Or should I, or should I do this, or should I do that? You, you know, you've probably started outflowing before that even arose, because that's just uh, on top of the original outflow, was, which is trying to get away from the, the feeling of possibly being wrong, being incorrect, doing something incorrectly, misunderstanding something, taking your own inventory about something, and then covering it up with some kind of an outflow about it more. She isn't buying. Is there any reminder that could function as a touchstone when those situations arise? Um, well, one that I recommend is just stay in your senses. 
Uh, this doesn't mean abandon your mind, but just the senses are, um, might be somewhat, maybe you can misperceive things, of course, but generally gravity doesn't lie to you. So stay, and consciousness doesn't uh, subscribe to one particular form uh, over another, although you can deliberately focus more on seeing than on hearing. You can also focus more on seeing, and you notice that the whole consciousness we call seeing, that starts to reduce. So the, those uh, consciousnesses uh, can be used deliberately. This is what you're doing when you sit down, hold still, sit in a symmetrical posture and face the wall and just feel this body situation. That usually, because you're working, you could say, functioning to hold very still, And the consciousness is, once that occurs, there's no maintenance there, but there's some consciousness that is holding still. It's body awareness is holding still. And then that, then the, anything that begins to arise in the mind stream is received rather than, rather than reacted to or run away from or, or grasped at. So that being said, that's a sitting practice, the formal wall gazing, which there needs to be a lot of that my understanding that way. And when you're off the cushion and you're uh, in your everyday, what we call post-meditation, your everyday life, then stay in your senses. Don't forget gravity. Um, stay, stay in how this feels. Stay in the feeling, how the clothing feels on your body, the weight of it. That doesn't mean maintain it, but just flash on that as you're, it's just a touch and go kind of thing. Just touch on that as you're interacting with your, with Senshu about this or that situation, or maybe you haven't said anything, there's been no production of speech, but there's still outflow happening and the mind stream about something you don't like about something she said or done, or go ahead. Excuse me, what's, is there a difference between um, mental and verbal outflow? Volume? Of course, there's some, the, the mental outflow is can still be picked up by those who are around you who are pretty sensitive or close to you or are going to know that you're you're doing that. They might ask you quite often, how are you doing? Are you okay? Those kind of things. That's basically your, the shape of your face. You know, even if you're, uh, even if you're trying not to do that, still it's going to show up. Uh, so the mental uh, outflow is the, uh, that, that can stay more in the desire area. Uh, rather than, uh, although there's something starting to happen there that's very tempting, tempting to hook up your vocal cords to it and outflow. Why did you say that? Why did you say it with that tone of voice? Or you might, it might come out, uh, well, you're looking pretty crappy today. That's easy because then you don't really have to be, you know, it's like you're just concerned about the person. There's just so many ways to do it. More. It feels like it's connected to me with authority. Yes. When you talk about getting your own authority. I do. And traditionally, the authority comes from the relative situation. Yes. What is authority when you talk about it? When I talk about it, authority is dependently arisen. If you get your own authority, you won't think you have any authority. You'll just know that there's no one in charge of anything anymore. And yet, you're able to... I'm able to sit up here and act like a know-it-all. 
and I invite you over and over again, challenge me. Come and get me if you think you understand this more than I do. I'm not looking any, at anything but what you're looking at. It's just that you make up shit about it, and I don't make up anything. So therefore, the, the confusion is obvious. No matter who I meet, I see their confusion because I've spent half a century looking at this confusion and the last number of years not fighting with it anymore. That doesn't mean I've accepted anything. Don't accept anything. Don't reject anything. Don't ignore anything. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. And if you do this, do this practice enough. The way I can't guarantee it because I don't know what kind of karma you're dealing with. You might have to have three more lifetimes of this teacher or a teacher like this, or maybe no teacher. Maybe it's not time for a teacher. Maybe you should do something else. But authority, when Coben says, get your own authority, which I didn't hear him say that. Somebody told me that. But I don't think he meant you're going to get some authority. What's going to happen is you're going to find out there's no one in charge of anything. But there is uh, this. And what is this? Dependently risen. If you see what it is, it's like nothing happens at all. But if you meet someone who is confused and they give you permission, you might be able to help them with that more. Jeez, I'm bowing. It feels like it becomes even more complicated in the student-teacher relationship. It does. What is the student's responsibility to the relative actions and words of the teacher? As much as you can receive. And don't worry about not understanding. And if you do worry about not understanding, don't, then don't worry about worrying. <laughs> It's, it's kind of like that, isn't it? It's just like you have a teacher so you can receive as much as you can. It's very difficult to do that. It's, uh, it's even harder to do it if you're really close to the teacher. Because a teacher quite often will just look like any other person that's confused and screwed up. More. What is intelligence when we talk about the student's intelligence? And I guess what is intelligence that's not just another form of confusion? I think that begins to show up in a person as you stop fighting with yourself, as you're able to actually be the emotion. I sometimes say it this way. It's easy to get this confused because it looks like ego is supposed to be the confusion. No, consciousness only. The very the first eruption of emotion that is triggered by someone else or something or yourself or a situation, that first emotion is just dependent origination. There's no one there. The feeling that is there that is so incredibly powerful, moving, doesn't belong to anyone. But the that part of the mind that has not yet been uh, revealed as being uh, arikalpata, imaginary, invented, has not been seen through. So that part wants to come into that and stop it, come into that and blame something or come into that. And so the authority part of it comes from just, it's not like somebody in authority, although the teaching person may have to function that way because that's the, that's the, the communication that is happening in people who are on the path and are still working with their confusion. They're not going to understand necessarily someone just sitting still and not saying anything. Although all the, the sage of the last century, Ramana Maharshi, taught that way quite often. He just sat there and didn't say anything. People just sat in his presence. But that was his particular way of teaching. 
Whereas someone like Nisargadatta Maharaj yelled and cursed at everybody and threw uh, beat his beaties at them, cigarettes. Coben didn't do much at all. Coben, as I've said before, is like a feather. He's such a, a gentle person most of the time. Is there something that the student can receive or the teacher as is transmitting that is beyond just the words or actions of the teacher bowing? I don't know. How does it look to you? You ask the question. What brought it up? So at some point, everything is the teacher. You might need a person, I certainly did, a couple of them, to actually confront your um, confusion for a while. How's that going? It's going. Shoto bowing. How do we practice downsizing outflows? Um, By observing them. Just, it's just a witnessing function. Just observe the outflow. Don't validate it, you know, follow it up with some kind of a promotion or I have the right to feel this way because, because, because. No elaboration, just f have the feeling and then notice there's, there's a, a tendency to want to leave it in terms of desire for something else. But first the feeling, contact, feeling. There's no one feeling that. There's no personhood there that, that is applied or that it's attached or, or that instantly finds its own form. If that, if that form happens to be a, 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 the invention we call a self, self-centeredness, then it's going to, it's like, what is it that draws flies? That. You don't know what draws flies? Never lived on a farm? I'm not talking about artwork. I'm talking about draws flies. Yeah. <laughs> You got it now? Do you have a further question? <laughs> Go ahead. Sort of bowing. Um, so sometimes you'll talk about um, don't hook up your vocal cords. Is that is that too much as far as trying to practice downsizing the outflows? I think that's might need to start there. Just notice that you would like to, somebody said something, done something, or whatever would happen, and you could downsize in that area a little bit. That would be something deliberately. Don't hook up your vocal cords. Don't hook up your first finger like that. And just just endeavor to receive. There may come a point where you, you can't help but produce something. And then that would be in a, uh, also awareness, awareness of what you, you can't help it. You have to produce that. So that would mean what? That would mean that you are not clear about what's happening there. You're trying to control it, which is what? The ego has stepped out off stage, had a a conversation with the producer, say, you know, I want to step in here and I want to really grab this person by the neck. Is that going to work? I don't think it's in the script, but let me look here. Yeah, it says here, or this place here, do whatever you want. So you go back out and then you and then you have a validated outflow. Anybody recognize those when you actually feel like you're justified in scolding somebody or lecturing somebody? or making them wrong or to blame for how you feel. 
I was feeling great until I talked to you. We, we all do some of that. How do I know? I do it. What's different? Find out. Find out. Train your mind. Get to the wall. Come back. Use this form. I'm not saying that, that uh, Buddhism has a corner on the, the wonderful truth. Maybe there's other ways. I just don't know of any. Uh, probably are some. But this is a way, an ancient way, that you can return to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the teacher, the teaching, and the community. And you can train your mind to see clearly. Just you can do it yourself. You don't really need mantras, although we do mantras. You don't need creation completion practices, although we do those. Uh, you don't even need chikantaza. If you see this, you don't need anything. But you may need something. And my recommendation is at least sit down and hold still once a day for a while. If you don't do anything else, at least do that. Put everything in. It's like you're in a 1948 Plymouth. Just put it into neutral. Don't have to turn off the engine. Just sit there. Let it run. Just watch the movement of the mind. Further questions? Michelle Bowen. It feels like you have to be able to do something uh, to activate something, because otherwise it's like I'm repressing all the time something. And so how does a person act fully? Yes. Well, you're not repressing. Stop acting. You hear me? I'll say it again. Stop acting. Forget that word repressing. This is not psychology. This is not, this is not psychology. And I'm not devaluing psychology, but it's, I'm just saying this is an awareness practice. So yeah. go ahead, please. You have to produce. No, you don't. I have to produce something. No, you don't. Why? I'm doing it right now. You're not producing this. Yeah, but but if I don't say this, then I'd be like re resisting it. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> she mirrored me. Mirrored. Not roared. Me roared. Yeah, good one. So I, what I would say is sit a lot. Uh, face the wall to as much sitting as you can and watch the way that which arises turns into somebody having a feeling that is theirs. It's get, get into the substrate of the consciousness. And how do you do that? You have to watch a lot of shit flow out of it. Oh, you have to watch the outflows without justifying them. Watch the outflows without condemning them. Watch the outflows without trying to stop them. That's why it's so hard because it looks like we're supposed to get control of this. And we're not. That's why I say don't worry about the. If you go into the repressing thing, uh, then then it takes you on a whole a whole uh, tour of Coney Island about all the different ideas about repress and all the techniques to have to stop repressing. I say just observe. Turn it around so you're just receiving as much as possible, including the repression. If you're seeing the, if you're able to talk about the repression, this means you're aware aware of it. That does not give you the right to stop it or interfere with it. Don't interfere, just receive, receive, receive. <laughs>
okay, Michelle Bowen, that's what I mean, like by repression, like receive. So it's like I have to keep receiving at the moment that I speak as well. Then, yes. fully. Yes, you're you're receiving uh, what you're saying. In other words, you heard what you said. <laughs> yeah, you heard what you said. It's amazing because you actually hear what you say, and you start to you can kind of tell because you you begin to actually hear the tone of your voice. You hear the anger in your voice. You hear the yes, yeah, and you hear, start to hear the spaces between the words as you're saying something. You begin to notice uh, when you even your your sense of uh, using grammar incorrectly can show up. And also the the space between yourself and someone you're talking to, and and the, and receiving 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 what's happening with you trains you, reconditions you to actually receive everything else, and it doesn't get easier. It gets it can get more difficult because it is a training. You're training your mind to see more clearly something. It's been much easier for you, not just you, but anybody, just to cover it up with ideas and opinions and and mm -hmm. concepts and and and. You, I would say this, I don't mean this uh, to um, uh, scare anybody or, or be particularly ne negative, but it can, can, it can get a lot more difficult as you, over time, change your way of working with your mind from one of shoving everything away, pushing everything down, or like you say, repressing, uh, actually repressing it. Uh, and, and now you're going to receive it. You're going to, whatever served to you by your mind stream, it's yours, not yours in the personhood kind of way, but yours in, the, in terms of this particular human form that has shoulders, has ears, has eyes, nose, tongue, body, mind, is here and it's present and is honest. Everything is producing uh, something and is coming your way. There's an incredible gift happening. I don't mean to be airy-fairy or romantic about it, but this world is producing everything and it's laying it right in front of you. And, and I say, receive it, receive it through all the sense fields. And especially the mind, whatever shows up in the mind has to be there. This this uh, speech I'm or whatever it is I'm doing here is coming out of what I'm looking at. I barely think at all. Sometimes, but not a lot. Kevin Boeing. Kevin. Uh, earlier, you said something to Chiazan along the lines of uh, receiving the world as a gift. What is the difference between that attitude and a more kind of God realm attitude of seeing torture as a lesson and that the universe have your back and that sort of thing going? Let me, uh, rather than get the, get the differentiation in there, what is it fundamentally you wanna know? What do you wanna know? Kevin Bowing. I want to know that when I, when difficulty arises in my mind, that I'm fully receiving it and not putting some additional spin on it. And so I'm wondering if we're looking at the world and the difficulty in it as a, a teaching or a gift starts to abandon the difficulty going. Well said. Just watch what arises in the mind, including the spin. Don't get rid of the spin. The spin is your, is your introduction 
uh, to uh, ignorance, as you're able to actually see the deliberate ignorance or spinning of the mind. Just observe that. And don't, I would not concern myself with uh, any kind of um, trying to stop spinning. It's about observing and seeing the spinning. And it can be difficult. It can be embarrassing. It can be, as Trungpa Rinpoche said, it can be disappointing to do this. The path can be very, very disappointing because of the, the disappointment of, of not being able to just stop being crazy, not being wound up in thoughts and emotions and feelings about everything and feeling just yanked this way and that way. You, me, all of us may have to go through some kind of some various kinds of passages that are, that seem like I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be feeling this. This meditation should be working to extricate me from, from this. Whereas it may be necessary for you to just watch the, the way you add on. As someone who's actually doing this uh, in terms of the God realm has no idea they're even doing it. They're, they're completely blind to who they are. They're so wrapped up in their incredible uh, uh, greed of being somebody, somebody special, going somewhere gold-plated and, um, and, and just totally successful about everything. That's not, that's not happening uh, with you. Kevin Boeing. Another question, are the four karmas outflows bowing? Yeah, pacifying, enriching, magnetizing, destroying. So, uh, yes, there are ways of working with um, your situation where you can work with it uh, in such a way that uh, there will be as little uh, um, added confusion to the situation as possible. Sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we have to deal with someone who is being violent or someone who is being this or that or the other thing that needs, we can't get away, we're married to them, or we can't get away, they're our neighbor, or we can't get away, they're our, our Dharma brother. Uh, so we need to deal with that. Or or we can't get away, it's the, uh, uh, it's, it's the way our mind is reacting to CNN, what's happening there. You can actually work that work, you can pacify your own situation. And you can you can magnetize, and of course, to go into that is extremely complicated because it takes a lot of. Uh, um, there's so many variables about ways to work with magnetizing. So many variables to work with destroying. I mean, there could be anything. This if you finally got to the fourth karma, uh, and you've gone through the through the first three, just to tell a story about it, and you just this is getting very is getting very threatening, or it's getting very uh, obnoxious, or it's getting very very very. Uh, you, the, the destroying may be just to uh, cut the tie, walk out the door and say, see you later. I'm, I'm busy, got an appointment. I got a phone call to make, cut the tie. That's destroying. That's the simplest way to destroy. And then, or it might be uh, uh, knocking the person's head off uh, with a, uh, I don't know, I would use a bat if it were me. I, I mean, I mean, it. you might have to, karma is very difficult. It doesn't mean you have to live up to some kind of ideal of passivity. It's, it's about actually dancing with the world, dancing with the universe. And you're not going to be able to dance with this insane world. Uh, was that an important call? Okay. So, Gilgado has an important call. You don't have to apologize. Well, maybe you should apologize again. Say it. Okay, apology accepted. <laughs> Evan Bowie, I haven't forgiven you. 
<laughs> he, Kevin, Kevin Bowing, I haven't forgiven you. That's a great quote. But yeah, he has. He has. He's good with that. So it comes out of the awareness of the situation rather than some kind of a, a even though that is a, I don't say it's a standard, it's just a, a way of looking at situations that are difficult where you might need, need to have some help. It, be, it would be very difficult to, to understand the four karmas uh, in, a, in a way in which you're actually working with that without a lot of sitting meditation behind it or uh, running before that. Kevin Bowing, if we're having a lot of difficulty on the cushion and a phrase like, thank you very much, I have no complaints arises, is that a form of pacification bowing seems to be it seems to be uh even though you have complaints you know that the complaints are just uh are, are um something that are, seem to be arising quite a bit in your sitting practice or in whatever practice maybe just just negativity just uh sometimes referred to as uh anxiety or depression just step right into that and say, thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. And you can even do it with a bow. You can do it with a hundred bows. You can, it's just a way of working. That's all sitting meditation is. Nobody wants to meditate. Meditation is a, is kind of a highly uh, stylized form of suffering. We voluntarily sit down, hold still, and watch the mind so that we can get a deeper understanding of who, who we are, what this is, and how we may, maybe could stop contributing to the confusion in the world and or in our family, and maybe actually see things so clearly that we know when to step into or pacify, enrich, magnetize, or destroy. We know when to actually move in and stop something because we're seeing what we're seeing it brilliantly, and our own imaginary self is in, in, in the way thinking, "Oh, maybe you better not do that. What if? What will people think? Or what? Or what if I'm wrong? Right and wrong, or uh, the whole right and wrong idea is a." Uh, is a, um, it's like the picking and the choosing is the disease of the mind. Being stuck on right and wrong is a, a very, very arrogant to think that you can be right or you can be wrong. This is a very nature of ego is to perpetuate itself through right and wrong, not so much by right and wrong over here, but right and wrong out there. Instead of seeing that the person you, when you eventually begin to see, you see that the person you were, you were pointing at calling wrong, you see that it's not that they're wrong, it's their suffering is so deep and so threatening to them and so scary for them that the only way they can they can get away from that is to cover it up and attack people, maybe even kill people, maybe become a gang leader and have a little family of hoods. No longer afraid anymore. We'll just take on the world. Yeah, until somebody comes along with an AK-47 and stops you. This whole thing is a huge chemistry set uh, that is out of whack. And so what are you going to do? You're not separate from anybody anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Time and space, misunderstanding. You're not separate. So if you begin to train your mind, then you're doing, you're doing what you need to do to basically affect, if you want to call it that, cause and effect kind of image, the world. You're not going to be here very much longer. Maybe 70, 80 years, maybe not. Do what you can right now to train your mind so that you're clear about what's happening in your mind stream. You don't have to ask me or anybody else. You know. 
when somebody comes to you, you know if you have permission to help them step into their life stream or mind stream or not. It's very clear to you. You don't have to make decisions anymore. Glad I got that off my chest. That was eating at me there for a while. Michael Bowen. Yes, sir. I'm having a hard time with the word receiving today. I'm bringing along 70 years of receiving birthdays, Christmases, my own and others. When you're using the word receiving, you're not talking about that type of receiving an action, are you? What? What I'm talking about is, is sit down, hold still, and receive everything that comes into your mind stream without doing anything with it. It's called shikantaza. It's the most simple, minimal, radical form of meditation. I guess there might be something else, but it's you sit down and you actually intend to just receive or observe whatever is happening. Observe also works. You see if it's coming your way, then you can just observe it. If it gets really difficult, then maybe receiving might be a better word to, you know, receive it anyway, even though it's difficult, oppressive, scary, or irritating, annoying, makes you feel put upon or angry. More? Michael Bowing, I guess it's the idea of going or coming part of the word receiving that I'm having a hard time with. Well, ask me a question about it. <laughs> yes. Do we achieve anything by going? It's not about achievement. Not about, not about achievement. It's not about failure. It's not about success. It's about just seeing what this is. It's before you do anything, you, if you were going to, you know, you've repaired cars, haven't you? Yeah. So you, you before you do anything, you first try to diagnose it and see what it is. So let's see what, is it the spark or is it the fuel? And these days, is it the computer? Which computer? In a Prius, I think there's a dozen computers. How do you, you have to look at it to be very mechanistic or mechanical about it. So that's what you're doing when you're practicing Shikantaza. Sit down, hold still, sit symmetrical. And you're looking in an area that is not uh, a bunch of... Uh, um, parts or physical parts it's uh, the, the way the mind or the consciousness works is much more complicated than that and doesn't have the the, the same kind of uh, quality of being in one position for a length of time so you can actually examine it and see what it looks like so you can make another one or you could change this one so it was right side up instead of upside down you, know, you can actually see it you can do something with it this is what informs our feeling of being here being in a body and these are our hands and this is i'm picking up this stick and i'm about to make a third thing called a sound and we get we get so enamored of our physical body form feeling perception concept consciousness that it looks like there's somebody here a solid separate being there there, there is something here but it's not a separate being it's just consciousness. And it just as happens to be in this body. It's kind of like this is on loan for a while. I don't want to get too fancy here, but it's uh, I don't want to get into reincarnation because it isn't exactly that either. So if you can just receive, just see, just observe, this brings you closer and closer to the fundamental understanding, which is 
there isn't anyone. There is no, there are no separate beings anywhere. So then you, that means that doesn't mean that you, if you realize that you're going to be able to somehow wave a magic wand and heal everybody in the universe, but you at least won't make uh, more issues for yourself or for others because you'll be responsible for your feelings rather than rather than outflow them on others and blame the world, blame yourself, which there isn't one, blame others, which is, which there isn't one. It has to be seen. You can talk about these concepts are all over in the, in the books. They're all over in all of, all of the books on, on Buddhism, most of them in some way or an other. So it's about seeing that, being aware of that. The word seeing seems to work better than receiving. We'll do that then. Observe. That's another one that works. Further questions? So, Karan? So, Karan Boeing, sometimes you talk about meditation as being, as translated into um, getting used to. Yes. When, when the response to receiving is physiological and there's a lot of physical, physiological discomfort to it, what is, what is happening? Are, are we getting used to feeling pain? Bowing. Uh, perhaps. Uh, perhaps. So what is, what is it you want? I understand the question, and I don't know if I can respond to that in a way that is going to be helpful. But if you can tell me what, what, is, what's underlay, what, what is under that, what is it you want to know about it? Are you going to get used to things? or? So Grand Bowing, yes. It, it, the... Does suffering ever feel comfortable bowing? Uh, I don't know if I would use the word comfortable, but if you realize that it, it's part of being alive, I and mean, it's an, an aspect of living, uh, as the Buddha said 2,500 years ago, I don't need to repeat it for you, but I can say it anyway, life is suffering. And he didn't say part of the time, uh, even though it's not somewhat in the form in the uh, Four Noble Truths, it looks like suffering will go away. It's the, it's the greediness, the grasping, the fixation on suffering, the fixation on anything that diminishes when there's no otherness that wants something else and, and reinforces the uh, fundamental uh, uh, belief that they're in duality or otherness or multiple things all having different directions and so on. So I, I sometimes say it this way, and I don't mean this uh, to take this to the bank and spend it. But you won't really, you won't really care so much how you feel. You'll you'll see the feelings in the context of everything else. You'll notice that you have negative feelings arise and go away, and they come back later. But we don't do much with them; just feel them. More. So, Grandbowing, it just appears as though you carry a great deal amount of physical pain and you also receive quite a bit of negative emotions from your students. What has happened to give you the space to do that, Bowing? There's no, it's not that there's not a person here, but it, it's, 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 uh, it can't find the, the, the pain and the suffering that shows up over here or shows up anywhere. It doesn't belong to anybody. So you, you I don't mean to be romantic about it, but your suffering is my suffering. I don't see somebody else's suffering. I see my suffering. 
and I'm not I'm not about to do anything about it other than receive it. If it shows up, it needs to be here because of dependent origination. Just a simple way of saying this caused that, caused that, caused that. Uh, uh, you know, squared by what? Give me a number. That's not very high. Two hundred eighty thousand. Huh? Two hundred eighty thousand. That's too high. Come back now. Two hundred eighty. Okay, squared by two hundred eighty. So, how many would that be? <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't do that in your head. You're a mathematician. Can't you do that in your head? No. Accountant in the back row. No. Well, I guess we're screwed with that, that example. Huh? It's, in other words, are really a lot. Is that your question? How much? So, Grandbowing, I just don't understand how you're not crumpled up on the floor every day. Bowing. I am. I am crumpled up on the floor every day. You just can't see it. Everything is crumpled up on the floor. Nothing lasts. Everything is impermanent. Everything is up without a self. And it's both the most terrible thing that can happen and it's the most wonderful thing that can happen. It's not two, not two, not two. There's not two things anywhere. Sure the hell looks like it, but it's untrue. Jishin Bowing. Go ahead, Jishin. You say sometimes that if we truly receive, we wouldn't even know that we received it. Yes. If what is kind of receiving happening if we don't know? You don't have to know. Uh, Jishin's asking if we truly receive. What was it? Will we, we won't really know that we're receiving. You're kind of quoting me or paraphrasing me. And then, then what was the other part of your question? The, where, where, where is it happening that this kind of receiving? Yeah. Well, the practice of it is that it feels like you're receiving. So you're trying to, endeavoring to, you look at something. Don't add, subtract, divide, don't do anything with it. If, if it starts coming to you, just receive it or just observe it. You don't have to do some kind of active. I'm not saying reach out and grasp that and talk all it into your, uh, <clears throat> into your house. But I'm saying just receive. If it comes to the door, uh, you open the door and there's something there, let it in. This may not apply to if you, you know, live in a difficult part of town. But I'm just saying when I when I'm saying I just have a generous uh, uh, be generous in that way with your mind stream. Allow things to come in. So, but you won't know that you're. There won't be a. There's no credential. There's no certificate of something where you're suddenly able to receive everything. You won't really know that that's occurring. Can take maybe one final question before we close. Anything, Jake? Anyone that hasn't asked a question? I have a question. Yes. If we are living in a bad neighborhood in our mind, like in a hell realm for yeah. a particular amount of time, yeah. could opening the door to something that looks um, lethal actually be? Harmful to us somehow. Of course, it's a very subjective thing you're asking about, but I would say if you're a meditator, you've been a meditator for many years. You've sat long hours of meditation. I would say that with that kind of a, of a 
uh, foundation or substrate under, I would say you probably could do some kind of uh, active investigation of that. So, and I, I don't know what that would be. It's something I could talk to you about in private at some point if you if you have particular questions about it, perhaps. One of the ways to do that is, uh, if, and this is if you've med been meditating for a long time, is to write something down, write down a story about it, a little bit about what it is, and go into it that way. Go into it conceptually, not on the cushion so much, but at a table with a pad of paper, and write down maybe what's happening. So that you, so you work with it that way. And then get, get away from that, Not maybe not that 10 minutes later necessarily, but then spend time sitting, doing sitting meditation. If some aspect of that shows up in the, in the shikantaza, you could possibly contemplate it. More. So that would be where you'd be deliberately going into a, um, what you referred to as bad neighborhood. Rather than avoid it. Okay, I think we can we can close. Hi, this is Chiazan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokozan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you.